I'm going to tell you, I think God is funny. I think he likes having fun sometimes. Because how are you going to let it be heat in the middle of the day and then send a nice little downpour for about two minutes? It gets drenched, and, and then it's heat again. <laughs> Y'all, I ain't mocking God. I ain't mocking God. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it is funny, though, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you get all excited. You hear the thunder. You're like, yeah, it's going to rain. And then it rains for about two minutes. You get a nice little downpour. And then no sooner than the rain ends, the heat is back with the sun glamming <laughs> again. But anyway, and I just thought I'd share that had a little fun with you. But, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting week. Uh, today's show is all about accountability. But before I go any further, I got to celebrate, y'all. It is the first year anniversary of this, the show. Uh, so uh, thank you all for making, helping me survive one one year of uh, doing this great radio show. And I was trying to upload, celebrate good times, but apparently it does not want to work. So hey, celebrate good times. Happy one year anniversary, Zero Today. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your uh your support. And again, we we we've done so much. Uh I, it surprised me in this short time. So and you know, I, I have my schedule has not allowed me to be able to broadcast as frequently as I want. But my, my next goal, I'm just gonna share this with you before we get into our topic. Uh my next goal is try to do at least an hour a day. Um I don't know when, and we're trying to work that out. The details uh, to get that together as well. We'll be able to, if we'll be able to do at least, you know, uh, every day, yeah, or, or at least at the very least three days, you know, after a week, do a broadcast, uh, so we can develop consistency. And we want you, hey, you're very much a part of this radio broadcast, and we want to hear from you. We want to get your insights, the topics that you think we should hit on. Uh, we go from faith, education, race, politics, you name it. We talk about it. That's how it is. You know, so uh, happy belated Father's Day to all those. I hope you guys had a father's had a wonderful time. I did. My God kids surprised me with a card, and I just, I didn't know what to do, what to do, what to do. I got pictures and a card from my babies, and I tell you, it, it don't get no better than that. <laughs> and I shout out to them. Shout out to my babies. I miss y'all. Uh and I hope to be around there soon. But anyway, uh, that's enough amusement for that for this short time. <laughs> uh, let's get right on into our topic today. Today we're talking about it's all about accountability and um, accountability um, for clergy, accountability for public servants, accountability for parents. It's all about accountability and um, you know, I, in, in the top the topic was Wiener Long and Creflo Dollar, or uh, as someone said, it should be Long Dollar Wiener. <laughs> long Dollar Long Dollar Wiener. I'll get it right eventually. But um, it, it's about accountability, and um, what is the world coming to? And before before I get all high and holy, I'm gonna be the first one to tell you I am not the most perfect person. I have not lived holy. I have made some very great mistakes, and I'm gonna get into that a little bit more into the broadcast. But um, uh, what it all boils down to is being accountable. Not just being accountable for our sins, but being accountable for everything that we do in this body. Um, because whether we realize it or not, all of our actions indirectly affect someone else in some capacity. And um, until we are accountable, continually, uh, consistently accountable, we will continually miss the mark as a race of people and, uh, you know, human race, you know. So that's that's how it is. But, uh, and, and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off with, with Wiener. <laughs> now, this has been an ordeal with Wiener. You know, the past three weeks, we've been following him. He comes out, says someone hacks into his account. And, you know, I'm not, not going to get in detail, but you guys know. Basically, it boiled down to him sexting all these women. And, uh, sexting, yeah, you don't know, uh, you've probably done it. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, so his whole career is ended now because of sexting. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi is calling for his to st- him to step down, calling for an ethics uh, uh, ethics investigation, and all of this thing. 
and they you know they were immediately calling for his resignation because of sexting and then I thought about wait a minute now where's the real accountability because they didn't call for the resignation as as much as they hollered against other all, there there's so many congresspersons men and women in congress who have ethics violations which are by far more greater or oh sorry for that <laughs> by far greater than what uh by by far greater than what uh, uh Weiner did yet they are still in congress they are still in their positions of power influence making our legislation and they're it's funny you know you have those on the far right side who are evangelical and they're trying to legislate morality and I said that you know they they got legis- morality legislation on the books in some states, and then you have those on the far right who are trying to get away from all types of uh morality to let anything go, and so that way you know nobody can feel bad about anything that they do because nothing you do was wrong as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else in the process of what you're doing and, and you know. Uh, uh, for example, yesterday's Sunday school lesson dealt with Rahab the harlot. And if you're familiar with the story in Joshua, in the book of Joshua, where the spies go out and uh, two of the spies uh, are hidden by Rahab, the, the prostitute. And, you know, in exchange for the, her saving their lives, they promise not to destroy her house uh, when they come in to... The, the city of Jericho, and of course the authorities get word, get wind of the spies, and they come to Rahab's house, and they tell Rahab, you know, if you know anything, let us know, blah blah blah, and she says she knows nothing, and in essence she lies or she misleads them, and uh, so the young people brought up, well, it was nothing wrong, it's, it's okay, it's justifiable to lie uh, if it's going to help somebody else, and I said no, it's not. Justifiable to lie at any time For any reason And I could talk because I've lied enough To get my foot stuck in my mouth plenty of times And lie Small White No matter what it is Still is a lie And it's a sin against God So you know You can't escape the consequences of such You know The wages of sin is death and It doesn't matter what that sin is the wages of the sin is death. Anyway, so kind of you know uh, the accountability thing. Um, you know the the question was was she lied to protect someone else? You know she protected the spies and they went in and they conquered the land and et cetera et cetera et cetera. But uh, the reality was you know she had to turn away from sin in order to. Um, she had to turn away from sin in order to be protected. She couldn't just she couldn't just make up her mind and say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to be saved." No, she had to renounce the former things, the hidden things that she was doing with, uh, you know, the idols and all the stuff that she was doing. She had to renounce that and uh, you know acknowledge to the God of the spies, the God of Israel. She had to own Him. She had to do all of that. That was the cost of her salvation. And when it comes to accountability, that is the cost of our sin. Well, you know, when I, see, when I say accountability, it's all about owning up to the God of our salvation, the Lord of our God, you know, the Lord our God, the God of the harvest, you know, all the, the special stuff we call him, El Shaddai, Elohim, all of that. We got to own up to him, and that's what real accountability is. So, Wiener is forced to resign. And that served as accountability, you know. Him stepping down served as accountability. Yet there's still many corrupt ones in that house and <laughs> the legislative bodies, both the Senate and the Congress, the House of Representatives, who are not being accountable for their their ethical violations, fiscally, uh, morally, any of that. You know, they're not being accountable for it. So what should we do? Now, uh, how do we deal with that? From uh, from a political perspective, how do we deal with that? Do we just let it go? Do we just keep it on? What do we do? Well, we could. Uh, uh, it's up to us to hold them accountable. 
politically. You know, if they say one thing and they do another thing, vote them out of the office. <laughs> uh, you know, that's their job temporarily. You don't just let them stay there. So that that's how you hold them accountable. You know, you go to your you go to your town hall meetings. You you stay abreast of legislation that's going on. That's how you hold them accountable. You just don't let them pull the wool over your eyes. You hold them accountable. And if they're not doing the law for we the people, then you vote them out, <laughs> plain and simple, because they will not regulate themselves. You should know that by now. They will cover up. They will do everything but the right thing for themselves. But, you know, when we the people begin to hold them accountable, we see a whole lot of different things. So that's how we hold politicians accountable. Uh, but I really got the uh, I, the, the one I really get want to get on is this uh, Eddie Long Eddie Long thing, and you know I thought I was tired of this. I thought I had heard it all. I thought it was over and done. But there, you know, within the past few weeks, recent developments from his settlement of millions of dollars to um, uh, another popular minister defending him. I mean, it's just. It just go and from him planting another church and asking members to support him and planting two other churches. It just will not die. We're going to take a quick break, and um, when we take this break, we're going to come back. And on the flip side from the break, we're going to talk about uh, this issue with Bishop Betty Long. And I know a lot of you want to hear that, so that's what we want to. That's what we're going to talk about. And um, so. Turn the phones up. I want to hear from you. Uh, what your insight is about this situation? Nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. So call. Get your uh, get your what you want to hear. Your opinion on the air. And uh, we'll be back right after this. idea we have begins with you. The way you connect. How you browse. How you share. And how you interact with the world around you. Down to the last detail, you inspire everything. Because in the end, innovation doesn't really matter. Unless it does something that really matters to you. And we are HTC. I don't know about you, but this has certainly been the hottest start to the summer season I've ever experienced. I know many of you are going on vacations and the like, and, I, you know, I know it would be nice just to sit around and enjoy something sweet this summer, wouldn't it? And you know what? I also realized that it is wedding season. And for those of you who are about to jump the broom, get your honey sweet something sweet this year. Get them something from Sherry's Berries. They've got everything from chocolate-dipped strawberries for the ladies to hand-decorated sports-themed brownie pops for the fellas. It is all you can get it both all of that for as little as nineteen ninety nine. And I tell you, it's making me feel good already. <laughs> so get your something sweet for the summer to enjoy it while it's hot. And you can do that and get it from Sherry's Berries today. If you get want to, you just order 
to order anything, just go to www.berries.com, or you can call one eight seven seven berries one eight seven seven berries and be sure to let them know that you heard it from me here on Zero Today. You might get a discount. I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. But, hey, do your best to get it because I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it. Sherry's Berries. I just want to meet someone different, you know, someone with goals who is inspired to do more with their life, not just hanging out and partying all the time. It's kind of tiresome looking for that perfect match, tall, dark, and handsome. Being in college, it's tough to find that special someone who you can open up to and build a relationship with. You can't open up to just anybody. There are times you feel like you are alone in this world with no one or nothing. But then there are times when you feel like you have everything you've always asked for. I don't want to go blind from diabetes. I don't want to lose a foot or a leg. I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes. It's making a huge difference. I'm eating healthy and staying physically active. I'm taking my medicine. If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. All right, hello and welcome back to Zero Out Today with your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And we're glad that you're joining with us. We hope that you uh, can join in the dialogue and give us a call if you need to get some in. We're talking about accountability today. And uh, it's all about accountability. In particular, we'll be discussing this uh, Eddie Long, Creflo Dollar issue. We talked about uh, uh, Congressman Anthony Anthony Weiner um, in the last segment. But we're going to be talking about this. And I got two segments, uh, uh, two audio I want to play. Uh, one is the actual audio from Creflo Dollar as he was talking about and defending Eddie Long. Matter of fact, he was speaking directly to Eddie Long's members. And in so many words, he told him he didn't want him there. Uh, and we're going to play that clip. And then following that clip, there's a uh, we have a clip from um, Roland Martin of TV1, and he has his perspective on uh, Creflo Dollar's comments regarding uh, F, uh, uh, Eddie Long. And I, I want you to listen. Uh, both clips, I think it's total maybe between seven minutes total for both clips, and I'm going to play uh, the Creflo clip first, and then I'm going to play the um, Roland Martin clip, and I want you to call in and give your insight to these these uh, these clips, and we're going to go for it. All right, first here's the Creflo Dollar clip. Mello. I don't know what it is with our, with the with the church. When you have a wreck, you expect for God to forgive you and everybody else. Don't let the preacher have a wreck now. Then you become self-righteous and you become judgmental. And you're going to leave the preacher for his wreck when you don't have more wrecks. That preacher's still anointed to do what he was called to do. He just had a wreck. The blood will take care of his issues just like it will take care of yours. And I just can't believe that people would leave their preacher because he had a wreck. Instead of praying for him. Man, I pray I don't ever have a wreck that you leave me because I'm going to get up in your face and I'll forget you then. You, I'll tell you about yourself. I mean, what a... 
that, that pastor, he's loved them and he's taken care of them and he's given to them and he's done that and he's did this and that. Okay, so he had a rag. You had some rags? I'm thinking, man, the mercy God showed on you, but you couldn't show it to the preacher? And then the gossip that's in the body of Christ over a preacher that had a rag? He had a rag. Here's the good news. He got insurance. Oh, you clap your hands now. Oh, but let's, um, let's, let me have a rag. You clap your hands. I want to see how many of y'all Negroes going to still be here. Okay, all right. I, how many of y'all precious saints of God? See, we love to be religious. But some of the same people that are sitting here clapping their hands, hoping that I have a rep. Just so they can say, I told y'all. See there? He wasn't that perfect. I ain't never told you I was perfect. You ought to know that. Now, there's certain things that I've grown from and should never do. But if I have a wreck, I'm still going to go to heaven. Now, you might mess some stuff up based on how you treat me. See, the preacher in the city here, he's still going to go to heaven. He's cleansed. He's all right. And if you from that church that you know I'm talking about, you trying to join him, I don't want you to join him. You need to go and join where you're supposed to be. I don't want you here. That is my that is my friend. That is my brother in the Lord. And if you came from there, you get on back over there where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to be doing. All right, that's Creflo Dollar's statement there. And, and notice, he said, wreck and not sin. Why can't you just come out right out and say, the brother was caught in sin? Wasn't a wreck. No. no. <laughs> that was not a wreck. And then, you know, not to take into accountability the fact that he acted unwisely with his flesh. He acted unwisely with his position. He acted unwisely altogether. And that ain't a wreck. And, you know, I'm appalled. I, I used to admire Eddie Long and, and Creflo Dollar, but I'm appalled at what I've heard, uh, simply because of the fact that they are not acknowledging sin. And that's part of the problem where some of the folk in a church feel comfortable in any kind of lifestyle that they have because they feel they're just a wreck. They're just in a wreck and they have insurance by the blood, blah, 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 blah. They don't need to repent. They don't need to confess. It's just a wreck. Now move on get over it. That's a shame. I, I know it's a shame, but that's the way it is. Now I'm going to play you um, this quick um, this uh, clip from Roland Martin. Uh, and by the way, Roland, a lot of people don't realize this, but Roland Martin is actually he's a he's a minister. So you know he's an ordained minister. So let's listen to what Roland Martin has to say in retrospect to Creflo Dollar's comment. Now it's time for my perspective. Uh, the comments by Creflo Dollar in support of his friend Bishop Eddie Long, frankly, are atrocious. Uh, they are pathetic. They are trifling. And I would say they also are uh, not theologically sound. To stand there before your congregation and suggest that it was simply a wreck, excuse me, he was alleged to have slept with young men under his leadership, sexually coerced them, He's an individual who was married, who often talked against homosexuality, against gay marriage, the importance of the covenant between a husband and a wife, and you say nothing about the actual alleged victims. But also what's amazing is to say, I don't want you to join. How about this, Creflo? What if those individuals had prayed on what church to go to? What if those individuals were led by God to go to your church? So you now say, I don't want you here? So are you now above God in terms of where they should go and what they should do? Frankly, Creflo, you owe your congregation and, frankly, everyone an apology for the despicable display that you put on at your church last Sunday. That's my perspective. What's yours? All right. Now, you've heard both those. Both those. And I want to get your insight and opinion about that. Uh, and I'm going to go to the scriptures. 
Because that's the only thing I know to do. And, uh, again, so not just to be on a high horse. I, I I know what it's like to be accountable, to be held in accountability. One, when it comes down to clergy sexual misconduct, uh, one thing I do love about uh, being in, in uh, a mainline denomination in, in the Methodist AME, AME Church in we have a discipline. In our discipline, we have <laughs> we have a whole section on clergy sexual misconduct. Okay, and you know it tells us uh, what it said. You know, it defines what it is, defines the policy that we have, and the process of what could be. Uh, you know, what the accuser and you know defines the rights of the accuser and the accused, and uh, our law follows this policy. For sexual uh, clergy sexual misconduct. Now, I was at a church and I was a young man, and I, I was wonderfully uh, held into accountability uh, for an improper relationship. Now, I was I was married then, and that's you know made it even worse. But I thank God for not only the discernment of the saints in the house of God, but also for the boldness and courage of the saints to address the issue and not let it go. So. Uh, I was in a in proper relationship, you know. I'm not going to go into more detail, but uh, it wasn't bad or horrible or anything like that. It was just improper. Uh, it wasn't sexual or anything like that. It was just improper. And one of the mothers of the church, she, uh, <laughs> to this day, I still love her. Uh, never stopped loving her, but she, you know, she adopted me as her own. She pulled me to the side and she, she explained to me. She said she knew what I was going through. She understood the situation in my family that well, I was experiencing at the time. And she understood um, how you know the the relationship, how how it was you know developing, and she understood all of that. But she said to me, she said, "But you need to watch yourself because somebody will get hurt." And said, "It ain't gonna be the other person; it will be you." That blew me away because she had the boldness to address her pastor. Now, mind you, it was a small church. And there was a little more freedom to address the pastor, but she addressed the pastor as sweetly, but as intently as possible. I got the I got the message right, right and clear, you know. And thank God uh, we were able to, you know. I went before, uh, I, I, I went and I did the proper things that needed to be due for accountability. You know, put up the boundaries that I need to put up to make sure that the relationship did not get any more improper than it already was. And I thank God because that helped me a great deal in my ministry. But you have these pastors here at these larger churches who are not being held accountable at all. They are not being accountable. And, and, and I'm going to tell you all, if, you, if you've been in church long enough, you know the preacher got his thing going on. Every pastor, there are those who are highly anointed and whatever it may be, uh, but all pastors have flaws, male and female. They all have flaws, and yet we put them on this big podium. And when they fall into any type of immorality, not just the sexual kind, but the sexual immorality just happens to be more, you know, more common. But uh, when they fall into immorality of any kind, we don't hold them accountable. And, and you know, I grew up in the Baptist church, and I saw a lot of ministers living in these type of, you know. Lifestyles, or you know, and the congregation just kind of looked the other way, <laughs> you know, till it blew up in their face. And even then, I'm amazed. I, I, you know, I, I saw some. I see churches with pastors that got two and three families, two or three sets of families, sets of kids, you know, and they still pastoring to the church. Yeah, you ain't got to say amen. I just know that's how it is. Uh, but but what about this? Let, let me bring this scripture. It says, Creflo said that was his friend. How, did he take it to the, the scripture, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, which says, Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend? I mean, if you're going to say that's my friend, then you need to get your, uh, you know, either both of y'all dull, you know, your blades are dull, and neither one of you are sharpening each other, uh, or you just <laughs> a fair-weather friend. Uh, but what, what about the accountability? You're going to say that's my friend. You're going to say that, uh, you know, don't leave the man of God even though he does all this. You're talking about sexual misconduct, openly, blatantly sexual misconduct, and then to acknowledge it by 
settling out of court for millions of dollars, and yet I, I'm going to tell you my biggest problem with Bishop Long is that the arrogance of him having not acknowledged the fact that he had been involved in improper relationships. I don't care what it was. It's just the fact that he has not repented. He's not repented. And for those of you who think or uh, are saying, touch not the man, blah, 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 whatever that, that argument may be, well, if, if it's just that simple to you, that uh, he's just a man, and, and, I, and I hear that all the time. Matter of fact, that's that's what gave most of us preachers, you know, the the idea that we're free to behave in certain ways because we're just human. Yeah, we're just human, but we have a calling that is beyond human. And and, and I'm not saying that pastors don't fall. I have fallen into sin. I as a pastor, I have done it. I shared that story with you, but. Um, but again, it is it's beyond that, and we need to take in that in consideration that even as clergy, we must be held accountable. I got a caller on the on the lines, so uh, I'm gonna bring you on the air. All right, caller, you on the air? Share what you have. Hello, caller, you on the air? Hello. Yes. Praise God. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. I'm doing well. Go ahead with your comment. This is Man of God Second. Um, okay. Yeah, matter of fact, um, I'm listening to your show, and I'm listening to the topic that you're talking about and the accountability of, you know, the clergy, you know, or people that are in a place of authority. You right. know, and, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. But also it came to mind when Jesus was in the streets and when the, the, the people brought the woman that was caught in adultery in the streets. And the people began to tell Jesus they caught her an act of adultery. And she should be stoned. According to Moses' law, she should have been stoned to death. And they said unto Jesus, what do you say? And Jesus began to ponder for a moment his thoughts. And he kneeled and wrote in the sand. And then he spoke unto the Pharisees and the crowd, saying, You without sin may cast the first stone. I, I believe accountability is very important in the body of Christ. But I think we also got to keep in mind that we must also walk with the compassion. And the character of Christ concerning our brothers and sisters. You know, I understand to a point where Cleffel Dollar is defending how we are forgetting that once we were in that same position. And at some point, the man that prayed for us in that condition and counseled us out of those conditions. And then when the. So we got to begin to understand you said something very vital. Just because we have a call on our life, it doesn't change the human DNA. We still have the human DNA. But just as you said, we also have a call of glory upon our life. So what happens is is when the church begins to be the judge concerning our sins, when we're not, we actually want to hang and spotlight and advertise the sin Rather than the forgiveness See Jesus found all of us in our sin But Jesus didn't spot like our sin Jesus You know he covered our sin Cleansed our sin And pronounced us clean He presented us whole He presented us holy See we have to begin to take that same kind of Compassion and love towards one another If we are to see The church being Redeemed back in the world Eyes as a place of sanctity, a place that uh, where uh, the let, sinners can come. Let me interrupt you here, right there. Now, I, I completely understand your perspective, and I, I'm not coming from that. From I, I'm not coming from that angle. The angle I'm coming from is uh, from that perspective of unrepentance. Um, um, largely, See, but, largely. For example, let's 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 go back to the early 2000s when the. Um, 
and the Catholic scan, uh, the Catholic priest scandal was really high. You know, there all these people came out uh, acknowledging and uh, the, how they had been molested by the Catholic priests, and and largely instead of uh, doing anything, the the diocese would pre- pretty much just move the priest to another church where the priest would continue to do the same thing. They were now held into accountability, and now, you know, they ended up having to do pay out billions of dollars or, you know, a lot of money to these people because of the actions of the clergy. Um, in this sense, it is no different from that because the action of the clergyman was clerk was compromised. It's the act of the clergyman that was compromised. Um, and, and, and the other thing is that it's a. I, I go to the scripture in Ezekiel. Uh, the scripture in Ezekiel. Um, what is it? Ezekiel thirteen, I think. Um, yeah, thirty-three. Ezekiel thirty-three. Uh, it says that if we don't warn the wicked man, that man will die in his iniquity. If we warn them, they have the opportunity to be saved, to repent and be saved. And um, you know, we also deliver our soul from that, you know, in that process. The issue is the lack of accountability to to the people for the action of the man of God or the woman of God. When we don't, when we're not holding them to accountable to a strict accountability for the actions of the flesh. And when they themselves are not, and in Romans it talks about you being accountable in your flesh to God, you know, accountable for your actions to God. When we're not holding the men and women of God to that type of accountability, this is what we see happen. Not to okay, condemn them because the when you're saying accountability, what do you mean by accountability and to who? Uh, exactly. Accountability, first of all, to the congregation that you serve. Uh, you must be accountable to the congregation that you serve. You gotta acknowledge the fact that you behave improperly. You don't, you know, you don't have to just outright say what you did or didn't yeah, do. You know, not, not, all due respect, Pastor, um, he did acknowledge to his congregation. No, he didn't. That, he did yeah, not. I, I, no, I, he, I watched. I watched the segment myself where I saw him address his congregation and concerning certain allegations. He did not. Addressed, uh, he addressed the he addressed he addressed the allegations. He did not address right, his behavior. Right. He did not but address he, the fact that he did the action. He acted improperly. That's the problem, and you know that is the issue. You can tell. See, you can say see, all but, times. See, but but that that is true. I agree with you to that point. But that's that's what greater, accountability greater is. As that, a pastor, see, the problem the problem is, and this is why a lot of the world is looking at the church. And why should I go to the church when they got all this foolishness in, and they got and all this? And the other thing know, is, he has you know, see, but he has a step aside for pastoral. He has a step aside for any type of pastoral duties. He's acting as if nothing has happened. That's where uh, that's where the lack of accountability is, and for another preacher to okay, justify let me show you another the inaccountability. You remember David, right? Oh, I'm going to get to David. <laughs> okay, see, David right now, was we forced gotta, to we be accountable. Look at, look at, see, we got to begin to. I, I look at all these these uh, scenarios that's coming up in the body of Christ. What mm-hmm. about a lot of different pastors and apostles and bishops, whatever the title may be? Um. See, we got to begin to understand when the Bible says every man must work out his own soul salvation. See, at, at that point, um, his duties um, as the pastor, and, and, and it's sad to say, but according to the character of Christ, um, he, he God placed him over that, that house. He made him the shepherd of the flock. So he has to use his wisdom. In how to deal with the situation See we don't know if he's still in his prayer closet We don't know the conversation That him and the father well, that, We don't need to know that congregation. So We're talking about accountability We're talking accountability uh, From man or accountability Towards Christ See we gotta but put that, it in the right perspective okay, okay. We gotta put it in decent and in order Put a balance well, Okay let's stop it. right there let, let, Let's stop right there That's the problem we can be accountable to Christ. Romans Romans encourages us that matter of fact the scripture of Romans says so that each in what, fourteen twelve, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. That that's all good and, and all good and dandy. But we're not talking about spiritual things. We're talking about a physical act of immorality on the man of God. 
and woman It is our responsibility to acknowledge the fact that we stand. we need to have transparency. When we are caught in any type of immoral behavior, accountability is for us to step aside, to get into the presence of God, yes. I agree with that. I do not disagree so, with that. But my problem that he has is, not done is that, not, and it's not the doing accountability that. issues. This is my problem with the theory that we are all coming out with. There's a lot of people are coming out like this. But, see, what we need to be doing is just what Clefo Dollar did, is come to the aid and say, hey, look, brother, come on, let us sit together. Let's reason. Let's work this out. You know, let us you know help you where you fall. But 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 see what happened is is when we start going on the you know let me chop the head off and make it publicly known and begin to explore it around the world. See then that's when accountability is not accountability. This is when we'll start acting out on our own opinions and thinking the way it should be done. But see this is when we should go to the brother. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. I I, I knew you were about to go, say that from Matthew, but let's let's go this way. Jesus addressing the, the Pharisees. What did he call okay. the Pharisees? What did he call the Pharisees? At, at, at which he called point? them. He called he called them what? He called them hypocrites, right? And then he, yes, at he, which point? He called them whitewashed tombs. Why? Because they said one thing and did another, and then they held their people to another standard. Now, I agree with that, but that is not just one individual. That is a church as a whole. Well, that, that and that's my point. I'm not dealing, I'm not dealing with another. But the only reason I'm, I'm, dealing, I'm dealing with this Eddie Long, this Eddie Long issue is for two two things. One, uh, he has not stepped aside. He has not, uh, he has not acknowledged any type of uh, repentance publicly. You know, he has not mourned and asked crowd, you know, and I'm well, not saying uh, that all that. But what, you he mean, has not, on the media? No, no, not the media, at least, you know, just, um, I mean, the arrogance of the fact that he has not stepped well, when, aside from you know, his When you say publicly, what do you mean? You know, because publicly, do, are we knowing if he has be, addressed his congregation? Well, that, I'm not a member, so I, yeah, if he has, fine. But what I'm saying See, but is, what I'm saying. See, we but have to be after, make sure. Listen, but after addressing his congregation, the proper thing to have done as the person in leadership to prove and display public accountability would have been to step aside from leadership. Which I agree step with that. Aside, but, at, least, at least for but, a little while, you know, at least at the, you know, at the, at for a few point, months. You're right. But, there should have been a, a period that he should have sat himself down. I that agree is with why, that. That's, that's, that is where the public accountability comes in. Here is the thing. That we have to, you, you, because you got to understand, he has a large congregation, you know, large and maybe maybe matter. he maybe he felt like he needed to set some things in order. I don't know, you know, I can't say. I can only assume that he's thinking about trying to make sure the congregation stays together, whether they don't fall apart. However, well, I do I do believe that he should sit himself down for a season or two. And get some yes. counseling and make sure that he's still in the right standing with God. But we got to begin to understand this is not for us to come. We're supposed to go to him spiritually. And, uh, exactly. You know, see, the, the Galatians encourages us lacking, to do that. Galatians 6 and 1. A, see, the thing that's lacking is there's a weakness in the spirit, not a weakness in the flesh. So at that point, right. we must help self esteem his spirit man. Revitalize his spirit, man. Forget about the flesh. The flesh is the flesh. The sin is sin. See, Jesus never, God was never concerned with the nature of sin. If he wouldn't, he would never send his son to die on the cross for sin. See, he he actually, you know, knew that we would be in partaking of sin, but it's when we can actually rise above the sin. It's when we as, as you know, fellow believers, as Christians, that can actually come together and then look at each other as we're looking at Christ See, and, and realize, okay, we're not like Christ because we're subject and we felt error to sin. He did not. But through his blood, we've been able to wash away the sin. We've been able to stand together, touching grief and actual repentance and forgiveness of sin. 
See, we don't have to actually talk about the sin. We can talk about the blessings and the redemption and, and, and the, the forgiveness of sin. See, we got to begin to exactly, understand yeah. and address it at that point. Is not do like the world do and start keep looking. You see, and, and the fact of the matter that a lot of people are appalled because Clefogal said that he had a, a wreck. I mean, yes, it's sin, but see, sometimes you got to use practical matters for people to begin to understand. We all have. Well, here, here's here's I, I understand what you're saying, but here's the problem that I have. We live in a postmodern world of relativism where people don't want to feel like sinners. And and I, I'm I'm a young man. I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm young enough to have experienced quite a bit as a young pastor. I've been caught in a moral immorality, in, in you know, and I've had to I've set myself down. I've I, mm-hmm. you know I've I haven't had to be forced to sit down. Uh, and it hasn't always been in the sexual side, but you know the pride, all, all those things, any type of immorality. But the problem is, is that. As, as as pastors, as clergy, it is our job to expel the myth that sin is not bad at all. You know, and the problem is that when you say something like oh, he just had a wreck, no, you need to tell the folk, okay, this man was caught in sin, and yes, he was caught. If he had, I, I have greater respect for Creflo's statement if he had said the man was caught in sin, and yes, he's caught in sin. You were caught in sin, and you didn't, you know, when you came to the altar for prayer, he prayed for you, and now you want to pray for him instead of just saying a wreck. Call it what it is. Call it sin. Make it plain. We have to, in, the, in these last days, we have to tell them what it is. Uh, I mean, I I, I, I preached, had to preach Friday, and when I, when I said the word repent, come out of sin, the whole audience just got quiet. It's like they hadn't heard those words before. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that, that is what we have to preach. I'm not scared to say it anymore. I used to be scared to say it because I was in it. You know, I didn't want to talk about what I was doing because it would convict me. But now I realize I have to be convicted because if I'm not convicted, how can I proclaim the word? And how can I hear except the preacher? And how can the preacher preach except he be sent? And when we're sent, Which we're sent true. as watchmen on the wall. As Ezekiel Which said, we're sinners, watchmen in well, the wall. We, we, no we just have to be careful. We just have to be careful that we don't become yeah, of course like we the have, Pharisees. You know, we have to be careful. And be sit in the seat of that. judgment rather than sit in the seat of mercy. Right. We've got to take it to account our See, own that's self. the difference in the believers, and that's the believer difference in the Christians, is that we're not looking at sin the way the world sees sin. See, we right. see sin as an opportunity to draw them closer to the cross, to get them to a place where they're able to be redempted and actually been saved and inherit right. eternal life. See, we are actually using sin as a doorway to open the door to eternity. See, and exactly. this is where, see, but the problem, what I'm hearing, what everybody's been doing lately, is taking this opportunity and begin to bash the sin rather than saying, look, yes, the sin is there. But remember, Jesus never looked at our sin. He never, he never, did, not once contemplated the sin that we was in. Because if he had contemplated the sin the way we do today, I don't think that he would have went to the cross. I don't think he would have allowed himself he, he did, to be nailed to the cross. He didn't have to contemplate it because we were born in sin and shaping in, in iniquity. So he well, didn't have to well, contemplate see, the sin. Well, see, we we were, it, it's by this nature is, this is sin. True. We, were, but, but, we are dead in trespasses and sin, and he quickened us by the Spirit of God, by the Word, by all of that. He quickened us. Uh, but here, you, you're exactly right. The preaching of the gospel is to repentance. And once there's repentance, it comes, you know, there's a relationship that is developed. Um, when we preach all this other stuff, you know, it make them happy, but it won't cause them to repent. And they can come to church Absolutely. and feel comfortable about their lifestyle. They can come to church Absolutely. and feel comfortable about, you know, they're getting wealthier, but they're falling further away from God, even though they can feel like uh, they are. In reality, you can feel like anything when you go to church if the atmosphere is right. But you can still go home and be in sin, and and and, and even in, even now I realize that I must be 
guarding myself because the scripture is clear that when anybody is overtaken in a fault, we who are spiritual are to restore such a one, but taking into ourselves into ourselves into uh, consideration because that same thing can come upon us. Absolutely, uh, and, and that's my point. And, yeah, and when we when we when we when we are confronting a person who needs to, just like Paul did in First Corinthians chapter five, when he was addressing the issue of the father, the son, and you know the immorality there, sexual immorality there. He was he was upset the fact that the church looked the other way and that's what's happening right now. We we've looked the other way so many times that it, from the pulpit to the pew that when sin I, is I called agree out, with that. but it's the manner with, that we're now beginning to face the issues that we're not looking no different than the world is looking. Exactly. And that's a problem when we begin to look at sin the way the world looks at sin. How if we look at sin the way as the world look at it? Where is the room for redemption? Where is the room for repentance? What we what we're looking for is, is you know sin is supposed to be an opening for a fellow believer to look in someone's life and testify. Look, I was where you at. I was caught in the same transgression you were in. You know, but then I found the love of Christ, and God looked at me and He cleansed me from my sin, and, and, and I I asked Him to forgive me of my sin. And, and he accepted, you know, my my asking for his forgiveness, and he brought me into his bosom and showed me his love. So now I'm a new creature. See, sin is supposed to be a testimony, a draw point to cause exactly. the sinners, the lost, unto a safe haven of hope and glory. But if we continue to say, well, I didn't hear him begin, there's never a time when Jesus went to the person and say, what was your sin? What Jesus yeah. spoke. He spoke the blessing. He spoke the cure. He spoke, you know, new life. He never, yes, he and never was concerned and, and with in every occasion, In every occasion, again, in every occasion, for example, woman at the well, uh, at the well, when Jesus met her, she was living in sin at the moment, at that very moment when she asked, he asked her for water. He told her, you got, you know, you've been married so many times, and the one you're with now is not your husband. It's not your but husband, yet, but you notice that you notice the way he never he never talked about it in a way where it condemned her. It, he talked about it in a way to make brother, her know that he was seeing everything. But exactly, yet, woman, I but, have but you know a why, better you know why we do point. this. You know, you know why why the church does that from the holiness church to the mainline church we do that because it's self justification we make ourselves feel better when we condemn others to sin and and, and you know and, and and until we come to the issue that we are all sinners for all have sin short. and, and fall short, short. Uh, when we come to that realization, that dealing with and confronting those brothers and sisters who are caught in sin becomes one of love and not one of condemnation. Because Scripture clearly says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Now, to anybody in the world, well, they on their own. Until they hear the preached word of repentance, they are not going to know that they are in sin. But once they hear the word of repentance, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Once they hear that word of repentance, if they choose not to, we're told just to wipe the dust off our feet and go about our way. If they choose right. to rep- uh, if they choose to repent, then we are to welcome them with love because that is going to cover the multitude of fault. Brother, uh, we're running out of time. <laughs> not a problem because uh, I got to get ready. I got to get ready for my show at nine, so I'm I'm, I'm I understand. Trust me, but I just wanted I, I to be- share that thought with you. And I just don't want to hear everybody start beating down, you know, no, no. the, the judgment I, I, I of sin without no having to, the mercy seat in place. Wasn't by no any means trying to beat them down. I'm just, you know, the 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 point of accountability for clergy is what I'm trying to display. You know, we cannot just live one way and expect them to live another way. We can get away with what we want to, but they can't. I, I don't think that's fair. And I no, think, it's not. you know. I think that's that's what we need to do. When we are in sin, be it by thought, word, or deed against His divine Majesty, we need to acknowledge that. And yeah, you know, we ain't got to tell everybody our business, but we need to be upfront and say, "Look, we're just we're human like you." But when we fall, when we fall, when we do something, we just need to say, "Okay, uh, I'm going to step aside for a little bit and let no, God minister I, to me." Pastor, I will say this to you, and this is why I do believe where the Word is stand firm on that. If you Catch 
a person in a public, in public, in a in a place of sin, and you want to actually address the sin publicly because it's happening publicly. Now, I believe you have a right to do that because it's made public, because it's called in public. Right. You know, but if it's something that happened but yet brought to a public, you know, opinion or public awareness, you have to still deal with it at the, at the place that it was found. You can't you can't say, okay, it was done in the dark, but since it came here, that's because now we know of it, we're aware of it, let's address it at this level. No, go back to the place where originally it sinned and confront and speak with the person. And if they hear and begin to accept words of correction, and constructive criticism and began to allow themselves to be set down for a, sp- a spell. See, because now that's on his spiritual covenant to go to him mm-hmm. and say, look, he, look, son, this is, you're in error. I need you to sit down. See, that's where spiritual, you know, covenant is in place. That's where the spiritual And, and, and that's the other thing, you know, is, is uh, that's place. the other thing. He has none of that. He is the spiritual covering for Dozens of other, uh, you know, countless other people. Oh, no, he has like a spiritual himself. problem. Oh, oh, oh no, he, he has I, a spiritual I, problem. Before oh, well. this is all said and done, watch and see his spiritual father is going to make himself known and going to make him sit. Because, trust me, you cannot be any man of, of valor or any great use and not have a covenant in this day of ministry because it's just that important that we begin to understand that, you know, you cannot be an island all to yourself. Well, it sure seems like it because no man of God, no uh, no popular man of God or woman of God has come forth and acknowledged that they're, you know, his covering or whatever. Uh, and that I, I'm still waiting for that. I, I mean, I know I came out to Full Gospel Baptist Church, and I know when Bishop Borden made him a bishop, uh, but he, I hadn't even heard Bishop Morton address it. I hadn't heard T.D. Jakes. Uh, well, T.D. Jakes addressed it in, in, in passing. Um but again, you know, none of none of these major black, and I'm just saying black, you know, within the confines of the, you know, the church. I understand. Uh, none of them but have. That's, that's have, what I'm saying. I, I love what you're trying to, you know, bring forth. But it's like always my spiritual father always says, son, whatever you do, always make sure you put a balance to it. Don't make oh, yeah. it a one-sided story. Always make sure the story is, is revealed on both sides. See, and that way, now we are revealing the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth because we're not just painting it one way, but we're putting it on both sides. We're showing both sides of the coin. And, see, one, we got to also look at it, you know, in the eyes of Jesus and not so much in the eyes of man. And, see, when we start looking at it so much in the eyes of the man, I mean, that's when we get into trouble. That's like when Saul, Saul was so caught up with trying to please men rather than please God that he had actually uh, fell into the curse of God. And that's why I say to people, be careful because, you know, God says, touch not my anointing. You know, see, so we know he's anointed regardless of what he had got himself, you know, entrapped in. We know that there's anointing on his life. We know that he's a called man of God. You know, see, at this point, the difference is he has to begin to sit down and say, you know, I have to get my relationship in the right standing back with the Father, not with the people, because the people are already taken care of. But it's my relationship between me and the Father that's been severed, not the relationship between me and the people. Because, see, the people ain't here is no way. They're gods. So God already know what to do with them. God already have a, 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 a ram in the bush for them. So the, the real issue is the reconnection back with God. And Bishop Long, and that's why I see that we have to begin to pray that he begins to seek the right relationship back with the Father, and and see, yeah, and at I, that point, I, I agree. all the other stuff correct itself. Everything else correct itself, and see what you're happens is we don't become right. rigid regulators trying to regulate, you know, the Word of God, what we think it should be happening. That's why religion is in the forefront of Christianity because. Christ is absent from the way we believe. We don't even fear Christ. We fear religion. We're like following the law of Moses rather than following, you know, the redemption of Christ. And that's what I see 
the problem is. And, and with that same scenario, that's why I say if you really love Christ, it's not hard to see where the correcting nature of that whole scenario lies with him and God. He has to get right with God. Yes, now the people, you know, that's they're in God's hand. We have to pray for the people. You know, and but see, he we have to turn him over and lift him up into the hands of God. We have to actually begin to pray for him. We have to begin to lift him up so that he don't actually fall and lose his identity and and who he is in God's eyes, not what man says and not what the act that he committed has began to portray him as. So that's why I say we must begin to understand. We all been in that place, and some of us are still in that place. We just have not been exposed yet, you know. And see, the Bible says sin is sin, no matter whether it's a great sin or a little sin. Some of us we still get angry, we get mad, we curse, we fuss. Yet we're still selfish. We're still, you know, uh, uh, have these rivalries and these strides in our heart. But yet we mm-hmm. don't talk about the nature of our own self. Because we want to actually spot like somebody else because we want to seem holy. And this is the problem that we are having is in those kind of scenarios. Somebody else want to be holier than what they are. Let's stop. Let's repent. Let's turn away because we all at that point need repentance and we all need forgiveness. And at that point we all need to be restored because at that point we all separated from what Christ is in our lives. We forgot and we left we stepped outside of the cloak of Christ. And that's a problem. Let's step back into I, the love of Christ. Exactly. And I brother I appreciate you for uh calling in and sharing the insight. It it is true. Uh and and you know, balance is <laughs> again, it's as vital as the spirit itself. And we can't Absolutely. go one way Absolutely. we can't go one way and expect that, you know, just like like the old preachers in the holiness church, Pentecostal church used to do, just call out sin and, church and then go by that way. See, yeah. I like what you and say, go, iron sharpen iron. See, we got to remember that because we never know when we're going to need someone to stand in that count for us. That's exactly right. Well, brother, well, I'm going to get on the go. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for uh, calling in and thank everybody for listening. Running over and listen. Anytime you want to call in on the show or you want to catch a, a you may have missed a live show, you want to catch an archive show, simply go to blogtalkradio.com slash be right today and you can listen to any archive show all the way from June of last year. We're celebrating the whole rest uh, from this time and a part of July. We're celebrating the whole year of Zero Today. God bless you. Oh, well, Take God care. bless you. Now, you say things. Stop by Man of God 7 on Blog Talk and check us out as well. You're more all right. We will we'll do. Put a plug in You're here. You're welcome there anytime. All right. All right. God bless. God bless you.